0: So I do have this microphone here. If anybody has questions or comments, I would like to try to pass it around so you can hear each other, but also so it can make it on the recording for sermon audio so they can hear whatever I'm answering, okay? Uh, so I'll keep that here. Uh, just because it's next to me doesn't mean I'll remember. So please help me remember if you have any, any comments or questions. Okay. And tonight, uh, it has been a while. I'm not going to give you a long review, but I believe it's November 1st, or at least it was the first Wednesday, November, is the last time we've gotten together on a Wednesday night. There's been a lot of different things uh, for the church uh, uh, reason we needed to postpone. So I understand it's probably a, a little little rusty here. I was going to say dusty, a little rusty. <laughs> and uh, I've decided I'm going to be careful not to um, do a lot of review, uh, because you can go to Sermon Audio if you like to hear things, um, and I don't want to do... Get, get lost in review and then not have time to, to get to where we are tonight. Uh, we are, let me just give you the few little things here. And it, it, it should be a shorter study tonight. I know, famous last words, but um, if I can stick to the script. But uh, let me just say, of course, we're studying the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A long part of the first part of the study was lead us not into temptation, and then the last part for a while now has been deliver us from evil. Uh, we saw generally what it means to be praying, deliver us from evil. Uh, then we looked uh, specifically, uh, deliver us from our own evil heart, deliver us from the evil one, Satan, and deliver us from this evil world. And the last couple of studies, most recently, were that was a bigger part of the study. Most recently, what we studied is something is implied positively, and it is this, um, that we would pray also that we would make progress in holiness. So that was the last study we had way back early November, <laughs> that we would make progress in holiness. It's not just a matter of you know, trying not to sin, but Lord, help us to make progress in holiness and goodness. Okay, So that's what we studied together over the last few times. That's, that's the extent of the review I want to go through tonight, just to try to make sure we preserve the time. I do believe we're going to finish the book tonight uh and as i mentioned i am still going to have a couple a couple of extra studies from different sources and i'll mention them again at the end just to let you know what's coming so I, i'm kind of expecting maybe another month maybe slightly more before we're officially done with this study but in terms of thomas watson's book we're going to complete it tonight and i'll just remind you the reason we had this study is a while ago now i think more than a year ago <laughs> it's hard to believe um I was trying so hard to, to double check where does Thomas Watson warn that the greatest sin that Satan is leading us to, where he wants to get us to go with every other sin, is the sin of despair. And uh, I, I went through a bunch of different books by Thomas Watson and all my highlights and um, couldn't find it. Came back and found that it is essentially, I'm pretty sure it was here, the Lord's Prayer. I've, I've shared with you those quotes that were in this section. Uh, when we have seen them in the study. He does talk about that a lot. But just your reminder, why did we come here? Why didn't we start at the beginning of the book? Well, we've preached on the Lord's Prayer in the Gospel of Matthew. um, and, uh, And I went through his book then. Uh, but I thought it was helpful since I went through all of this part on the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, since I highlighted so much looking for these quotes again, I thought, well, let's make good use of that. Boy, it's powerful stuff, and I did the study, and that's, that's why we've been here. So I appreciate your uh, often accommodating whatever I needed to do <laughs> and maximize the study together. But I think it's been a blessing. That being said, here's where we're going to uh, finish tonight the next thing that Thomas Watson wants to talk about in the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer is this. He says, deliver us from evil, maybe from temporal evil. So he's going to do, to discuss this uh, in two parts. He says, we pray that God will either prevent temporal evils or deliver us out of them. And temporal You know, he means temporary, like situations of life. And I I think he's kind of covered this. I think that's generally understood. Of course, we want to ultimately be delivered from this evil world. But he's talking about, again, just life, temporal evils and temptations that God would would either prevent us or deliver us. And I, I think that almost is really getting back to the first part of his study. Uh, lead us not into temptation. That's kind of the preventing, right? And the delivering. But we won't hold it against them. The Puritans repeat themselves a bit, and it's, it's always worth it. And um, But there is progress as well. So that he's going to have us study that. Two things we pray for to begin with. We pray that God will prevent temporal evils, that he will be our screen to stand between us in danger. So again, I think this is Very similar to the first part of the prayer, lead us not into temptation. We're asking God to prevent us from temporal evils. And he gives us uh, this one, Psalm 7, verse 1. Save me from them that persecute me. So there's just many things going on in our lives and we're asking God just to deliver him, deliver us from them in the particular things that we're going through or the e- particular evils that are coming after us in our own situations. You know, we're wanting to pray that the Lord delivers us um, in the sense of preventing, protecting us from them getting us and them influencing us to the point where we uh, give in to them in some way. Uh, He also gives us Psalm 141 verse 9, if I'm reading the uh, Latin numerals correctly, (laughs) which reads this way, uh, keep me from the snares which they have laid for me. So again, these two Psalms, uh, save me from them that persecute me and keep me from the snares which they have laid for me. And again, like prevent me from that evil. They've set the trap and they're waiting for me to fall in it. Particularly, Satan's really behind this, right? Prevent me from falling into the ditch uh, with whatever's covering over it to make me think I can walk through. Uh, Prevent me from the quicksand I can't step in, but it doesn't appear obvious. Prevent me from stepping into that trap like they catch animals, with, right, you know? And then it's got me. Prevent me from that. Uh, But then secondly, he says, we pray that God will deliver us out of temporal evils. So if we are not prevented, we pray that he would deliver us out of them. I'm in the trap, right? Uh, What did we have a sermon on not too long ago? When you are in trouble, like Jonah, that was the text, remember to pray. Remember to pray. And uh, so he gives us this text from Psalm 39, verse 10. Remove thy stroke away from me. So he even has in view... Once we are in sins, we're also often going to immediately begin to experience punishment from God. You know, temporal punishment, uh, disciplinary things from God as our Father. Hebrews 12, quoting Proverbs 3. But Lord, deliver me. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm feeling the pain of the discipline. Please deliver me out of this so I don't have to be facing your severe discipline anymore. And uh, set me back on my feet going the right way. So prevent me from the evil or if I've fallen into the evil, please deliver me out of it. Out of that evil I've found myself in and the consequences of it, including even your disciplinary hand. So that's what we're praying. And again, I think, I think there's a lot of overlap with what he's taught us with both of those things. You could argue that's kind of both parts of this petition. So he gives us what he calls use to, related to that, which is, which is really the, the close of this study, but there's a few things we'll look at. He says, in all the troubles that lie upon us, let us look up to God for ease and succor. He gives us Isaiah 7, verse 19. Should not a people seek unto their God? Should not a people seek unto their God? The other scriptures, I think is Jeremiah says, Lord, turn us and we shall be turned. Like, and, and what he's really wanting us to recognize here is the only way, place we go to pray for help it's not that we don't seek help from our brethren, but in terms of the only place we beseech and seek help for supernaturally is God. And we need to remember to go to God. Even though we got ourselves into this predicament, right, we need to ask God to get us out of it. And a lot of times why we're in the predicament is we haven't been asking God to prevent it, but we've also been acting like we can keep ourselves out in our own strength or we can get ourselves out in our own strength. And we've got to remember, remember uh The chapter in the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, chapter 5, section 5 on Providence, God lets us sin sometimes as his people to teach us, to humble us, and to make us more dependent on him. I would say the main summaries of why. And uh, we've got to remember to rely on God and not ourselves and not turn to any other kind of false God. And what's interesting here, Thomas Watson, as a good Puritan Presbyterian, especially at his time, he particularly has the Roman Catholic Church in view, uh, in terms of whom we should not turn to. We need to remember to turn to God to deliver us. He says this, the Papists, and when he says the Papists, he's referring to the Papacy, the Pope, the Roman Catholic uh, Church. He says, the Papists then are to blame who knock at the wrong door, When they are in any trouble, they pray to the saints to deliver them. And that's still very much the case, right? They pray to the saints. There's a saint for just about anything you can think of. I'm really not that familiar. Mr. Klukas knows a lot more because he was in the Roman Catholic Church. He'll share sometimes. But um, it's kind of a saint for everything. And, of course, there's such a sense, they say, to be praying to Mary. But we're praying to God through Christ only, right? We pray straight to God through Christ. We don't have these any other saints, which are basically almost false gods or idols at that point. And here's another concern, consideration. Very often, when the Roman Catholic Church goes into a new area doing missions, they don't really wipe the place clean, so to speak, of idols. They accommodate the idols by basically making it one of their saints, or taking one of their saints, and, okay, now just pray to the saint, who has the power to do this or that for you, right? You know, <laughs> so he is right to warn us not to be praying to saints, praying only to God. Did you raise your hand, Abraham? Okay, hold on. You gotta speak on the mic. Just turn it off when you're done, please. Do you get to hold on to it? Pass it around, I'll probably adopt it. It's like, <clears throat> it's like the Christmas video we were watching this, Lord's Day. Yeah. Um, the Roman Catholic Church Christmas started with one of the I believe with the sun god that gave Yeah, the syncretism the, uh, accommodating the sun god the, that got born uh-huh. they didn't get rid of that they put it with yeah, just when Jesus it, got yeah. born and again yeah just, as you start to see a lot of trees go up just turn to Jeremiah 10 right as we looked at uh, right and I, I was thinking that too that was an accommodation we know that Christ was absolutely not born in December let alone the 25th it would have been probably March or April Um, but it's an accommodation of what was happening there with pagan things and then we put our hope in things and traditions and ultimately sometimes it would seem idols that are not who we turn to right Um, we turn to the Lord and we don't turn to sentimentalism, we turn to the Lord, we turn to the Holy Spirit. I want to I have a, a couple of scriptures we look at, um, and really the first two are, are really just what, what we've looked at from the beginning and I want to review. Turn with me to Matthew 6, verse 13. Matthew 6, verse 13. So here is the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So the sixth petition, and then the close of the Lord's Prayer. So who is being prayed to? Who is being prayed to in that prayer and petition? It's not a trick question, I'm just, you know, sometimes it's just helpful to state the obvious, right? Because we can almost Even go through the prayer, but not really be doing it. Who is he praying? Who is he telling us to pray to? God, yeah. And in terms of how does the prayer open? Our Father, yeah. So, we are asking God. We are not asking our own selves. We are not asking any other potential help. We're asking God. Because ultimately, sin is something we choose to do or not do. And nobody makes that choice for us except us. So ultimately, we pray that the Holy Spirit within us does a work in us. God the Father helps us, but we have to remember to ask God for everything. You know, a lot of times when there's kind of a young convert and, and sometimes, you know, thinking they're really serious with Calvinism and the, the uh, Reformed Church, sometimes they have some major falls because when they're talking about how they're so different and they're not going to do this anymore and that, they, they're, usually we try to warn them, be careful be careful that you don't think that there's no danger anymore and don't trust in your own strength. So, you know, as you think about the study we've had, this long study, that's been warned about a few times, right? Pride comes before the fall. You're always going to be in danger of trusting in yourself and leaving God out of it. Even if you pray this, right? We could almost pray it in a sense of, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I just want you to know. No, we pray, dear God, please help me or I'm done. Right? I'm undone. Help me. So we're praying to God. We're praying to the Father to help us not sin. To lead us away from the temptation. And if we give in to the temptation, to deliver us out of it. Okay? Um, Now, again, it's obvious, but let's not forget. Because we're so easily distracted from God. Right? Um, It could even just be, don't put your hope in whomever you're going to be listening to all the time. Or, you know, for sermons, or whomever, whatever devotions you're going to go to, or whatever, you know, strategies you have, or uh, whatever things you decide you're going to distract and busy yourself with. Uh, You need God to be working in you. You need the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then uh, I want to turn back, Uh, well, since we're in the gospel, let's do this first. Luke chapter 11, it'll be a little easier for you. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Then we're going to go back to the Old Testament. Something we've already looked at. Nothing... So remarkable in terms of not knowing it, just, just the review is helpful. But let's look together at Luke chapter 11, verse 13. And uh, I think I'd like to say, I'd like to start with verse 9, and then get into verse 13 from it, and then I'll repeat it. And I say unto you, of course this is the Lord Jesus speaking. And I say unto you ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened if a son shall ask bread or any of you that is a father will he give him a stone or if he ask a fish will he for a fish give him a serpent Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Yes, Isaac. Got the mic? Get the mic. Gotta hear ya. (laughs) I still want to comment on this, but go ahead. So... Like in Pilgrim Progress, on the door it says, Knock and it will be open, and in here it says, Knock and whoever believeth in me or something will be let in. Okay, are you making a comment or a distinction? Huh? just that you see that, yeah, yeah, Pilgrim's Progress is a great place to get to know your Bible better. For instance, uh, a scripture I have read and referred to a lot since reading it is, um, the Lord is ready to forgive. Mike, that's a scripture. I mean, yeah, it's just replete with scriptures. You're right. So, and uh, Pilgrim, pilgrim, he needs this, right? Because he goes through uh, this law of despair and he gets stuck in the, in the, um, the castle, right, and and uh, all these things. So we need to be remembered to to knock and ask the Lord because we can get to that place, especially if the devil gets us where he wants us to go of despair, where we stop asking, right? And uh, he definitely wanted a pilgrim to stop asking God for help and to forget to turn and ask him for help. But Jesus says, ask for more of the Holy Spirit. The Father will do that. And of course, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, um, is our comforter, is our counselor. And we need to ask the Lord that he'd make us more uh, aware and sensitive and to go to his counseling and pray for more of his work in our lives to bear the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, right? If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, uh, that he would bear more of those fruits. And so we need to remember to ask, the Holy, ask God to give us more of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, that's how we'll be able to turn away from evil things. It is in our own strength. We need to proactively pray. And of course, again, we're praying for progress in holiness. Well, who's going to help us progress in holiness? The Holy Spirit. And ask the Father to give us more of him. Okay, I want to turn uh, to what we've often given ourselves to. First Chronicles chapter 4 in the Old Testament. This is the prayer of Jabez, and as we've looked at before and I've preached on it, it has a remarkable parallel in its parts to the Lord's Prayer, including the last petition. The last petition is very similar, although he says something else that I think gives us insight. But what do we want to recognize here? First Chronicles chapter 4, and uh, we're going to be looking at verses 9 to 10. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren and his mother, called him his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, O oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted that, granted him that which he requested. Now that last part of the petition, notice how similar it is, keep me from evil. Keep me from evil, that it would not grieve me. Recognize, of course, if I give in to evil, it's going to grieve me. It isn't going to make me happy. It's going to hurt me. Um, I have a a note I put somewhere. Oh, yeah. I think I'll just share it here now so I don't forget. Uh, Elder Renner used it recently in a nugget. I I shared it with him. I thought, oh, this is such an Elder Renner one. But I saw this on Sermon Audio recently. T. DeWitt Talmadge. O Lord, help us to hear the serpent's rattle before we feel its fangs the devil's called the serpent right oh lord help us to hear the serpents rattle before we feel his fangs because if we don't hear him and we give in and then his fangs hit poison right um it isn't a happy thing it's grief but the what i'd like to revisit here tonight is it says that god granted him his request well who did he ask Again, it's not a trick question. It's an obvious Who did he ask to do this? God. <laughs> right. But notice God granted the request. And he was considered more honorable for asking these things and asking God's help. He asks God to do this. And as as obvious as, as it is, I think we're very Prone to forget to just keep going straight to God and believe and trust. This is a supernatural thing. We need God to do these things. We wouldn't even be believers if it wasn't for God, right? If we were not regenerated by the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't even be asking this kind of thing in prayer. Wouldn't even be on our mind. But similarly, we are not going to grow in these things and we're not going to turn away from the wrong things. Without God, we need to be focused on God. We need to be thinking about God. We need to be talking to God all the time. We need to be asking God to help us all the time. We need to be more and more dependent upon him. Remember, the prayer is, Lord God, keep me from temptation. Lord God, deliver me from evil. Lord God, please give me more of the work of the Holy Spirit so that I grow and make progress in purity and holiness and I don't degraded and sinfulness and in temptation so we just need to really remember that and uh, so he's continuing to really just challenge us to remember to ask God to help us he says to pray to saints is idolatry advanced to blasphemy our savior has taught us in all our distresses to pray to God for a cure Deliver us from evil. He goes on to say this. David went to God, quote, O bring thou me out of my distresses. Psalm 25, 17. Again, Lord, bring me out of my distresses. Uh, Then uh, God with a word, he says, God with a word can heal. And he quotes, He sent his word and healed them. Psalm 107, 20. He sent his word and healed them. The Lord is the one who heals. The Lord is the one who makes us whole and right. He delivered the three children. This is Watson. He delivered the three children out of the fiery furnace. Joseph out of prison. Daniel out of the lion's den. Which proves him to be God. Because none can deliver as he does. May the Lord bless us to just grow in our relationship with him and our trust in him and our immediate response to go straight to God and ask for help. Again, remember when Peter is sinking in the waters, after having faith in Christ to walk on the water, Lord, save me. And Jesus does. Got to immediately be asking. Okay. Uh, He also says, he quotes Daniel 3.29. There is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Because, of course, there is no other God. Only God can deliver after this sort. These miraculous deliverances. And only God can deliver out of your temporal, maybe less... Um, you know, uh, amazing situations, but it's still just as much a need for the powerful, supernatural intervention of the Lord God through Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All right. And remember the power of Christ. You know, we we saw that, behold, the the power of Christ. Uh, He spoke to those coming to take him, to crucify him, and they fell down on the ground. But remember all those healings, speaking things into creation, speaking healings, and they happen. He didn't even have to be there. He spoke a healing and it happened far away, right? Remember his power to deliver and save and uh, turn to no other and turn immediately to him. Become more and more dependent upon him and be praying proactively. Remember, keep me from evil, keep me from temptation, deliver me from evil. And when you find yourself sinking in the sea of sin, cry out immediately to God to save you. Don't start trying to think you're going to get yourself out of it. Not that he won't use means in how you are to repent and change your ways. But the Lord has to do a work in your heart. The Spirit has to do a work in your spirit. And uh, don't rely on yourself or anything else or anyone else but God. He writes this, Let us then, and by the way, this is the very last sentence of this section and of the book. We're not quite done tonight, but (laughs) just so you know. um, Let us then, in all our straits and exigencies, look to God and say, deliver us from evil. In everything, let us look to God and say, deliver us from evil. And I think, especially when we're under severe temptation, maybe if we've given into it for a while, we're kind of moved, we're interested, we're kind of saying, yeah, please help me deliver me You know. But I don't think we really go there directly and desperately, deliver me, deliver me. We, we kind of hover around. We don't go straight to God. Go straight to God for immediate deliverance, okay? Um, uh, Psalm 1823, I, I, I wrote that down, but I'm going to wait and talk about that with where we're going next for one of the appendices. We talked about it in one of our earlier studies. But I do want you to turn with me, please, to 1 Samuel Right before before 1st and 2nd Kings, right after Ruth in the Old Testament, 1st Samuel chapter 30. I just want to encourage you, again, to go to the Lord. And especially as we remember, what started this whole study is, the greatest sin Satan wants to use all other sins to get you to the place of despair and discouragement. So you don't turn to God or cry out to him. Well, instead of going there, be encouraged in how you can encourage yourself and how you do it. Uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How do you fight discouragement? The greatest sin Satan wants to get you to where you have no hope and you don't turn to God and ask for his help. You encourage yourself. How? Not in the TV. Not saying you can't watch some TV, you know. Not in this or that, in the Lord. go to the Lord. And if you think about it, these people are mad with David because of some leadership that had some serious consequences and they were really blaming him. And the Lord did help him and rectify the situation, but he kind of got him into the situation. And you could say, I got us into this and there's no getting out of it and discouragement and run away. Uh, he, He just encouraged himself in the Lord. Obviously, that would have had to involve confession and repentance, and but asking the Lord to help. Encouraged himself in the Lord. Ask the Lord. Sometimes it may just be the temptation of being depressed. The temptation of melancholy, as he says earlier. Melancholy loves to tempt God to tempt us. You know, like, uh, just the, the depression, uh, you know, where the, Satan wants to take us of just great discouragement. The this temptation, instead of staying there and sinking down over your head in it. You've got to just encourage yourself in the Lord, in the mercy of Christ, in the blood of Christ, in the resurrection, in the promise of the gospel, in the hope of eternal life as the anchor for your soul. You go to God, and as the Puritans say, you pray God's promises. And you don't base it on yourself You don't base it on where you got yourself to. You base it on where God has gotten you and where he's bringing you. And you ask him to lift your feet out of the pit, as some of the Psalms will talk like that, and set your feet on hind places, okay? And remembering that only God can do it. And when God does it, he shows his power to deliver. He shows his power and glory and mercy, okay? Um, Here's what I want to close with tonight. Before I do, um, actually, hold on, I got to get my phone more and more I rely on my applications uh, for convenience. So I'm going to open it up here. Um, I'm going to take you to some catechisms in a moment. But before I do, I want to just remind you where we're going to be going next. I just like to give people a map. I don't expect you to necessarily write it down or remember. But just so you know, we have finished Thomas Watson's book. Okay, But as I said, there's a few appendices I want to share with you. Okay, So what we're going to do next... And we we, we looked at this a little bit one time. We're going to go to John Whitlock's, the Puritan, 1625 to 1709, his book, The Great Duty of Keeping Ourselves from Iniquity. Yeah, I know you're seeing that it's got the Puritan Pilgrim on there, right? Pilgrim's progress, good. Now this is by, uh, I shouldn't say by, but edited, uh, reprinted by Dr. Don Kistler in Florida, who's done this for years, Soliday Glory Publications before, now Northampton Press. He sent us this and a lot of other recent books because we've supported him as a church. And uh, it's very good. I've, I've read through most of it. I'm going to really want to be careful not to give you a whole other study through a whole other book. And of course, anything you're reading like this, is hard not to. What I do want to do is just try to give a little more application, bring it personal to home. And the verse he's basing this all on is Psalm 18.23. So this is where we're going to go next. You might want to spend some time just reading, memorizing, and praying it. Okay? Preparing. Uh, I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Psalm eighteen twenty-three. I kept myself from mine iniquity. And he's going to particularly talk about this particularly you should be recognizing is your own particular sins, the things that you have a bigger problem with and how you have a particular responsibility to keep you from it. And I think that's going to, I mean, it came in the mail while we're in the middle of this study. So, I said, well, this is, this is too good. I've got to read this. It's just, this is the time to read it rather than put it on the shelves I may not get to for a while. It's, it's a library book. It's not mine, but still. So, I've, I'm almost done with it, and I want to share some things from it, but I'm going to try to be careful not to go through the whole book. But I expect I'm going to need at least maybe two weeks, if not three, to just share some of the main things. But again, Psalm 18 23. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine my iniquity. Now he will give a disclaimer that he's not saying I made myself upright, but actually God did it, and he knows to turn to God to do it. So he's going to give that disclaimer. Same thing we're talking about tonight. But there's there's a sense where we have to have a special uh, sense of responsibility to keep us ourselves from the sins that we are most likely to give into. And I think he's got some helpful things to say that I think is a really good way to try to apply this even closer to home for each of us as our study okay? So for instance, the standards, Westminster Standards will teach us that we need to uh, repent of our particular sins particularly, right? We need to not just pray generally, but we need to really think about specific things. He gives some means and helps about that too. So that's where we're going to go next. I'm considering it an appendix, again, an appendix part of closing this study. So I'm going to record it and include it in our our series on sermon audio. Uh, The next place we'll go is... uh, Beaky and Ferguson's uh, chapters in the book, Our Ancient Foe, that I have shared a lot with you in the study, uh, they're more about the victory that we have over Satan. And I I really want to end with that kind of thought with you, okay? I'm going to try to listen through Pastor Bell's sermons we put up recently, Converting consets from a long time ago. That's on Sermon Audio now, but if you'd like to avail yourselves to it, uh, he's got a series, I think it's about six or seven sermons, uh, Knowing Your Enemy, Knowing Satan, Your Enemy. And um, so I've quoted a little bit of what I was able to listen to before. I'm going to try to work through that and probably have a few nuggets to share with you. Um, But uh, after Beaky and Ferguson's chapters in Our Ancient Foe about our victory over Satan in Christ that I hope will really encourage and motivate us, right? Uh, because mostly this has been dealing with sin and Satan and our own sinful heart, So I, I want to give us some encouraging things to close with. And then the last thing I want to do, I've mentioned before, C.J. Williams, my Hebrew Old Testament professor at RPTS, he wrote a book, he sent me the PDF of it a while ago, uh, about Job, and it's the typology, or it's called The Shadow of Christ in the Book of Job. He's kind of got a series like that. He did a similar one in Lamentations. It's, it's an incredible book. It's an incredible book, and uh, there's, I'm not going to share that much from it, but there's a, there's a section... Uh, that I am so eager to share with you. When I was reading it, we were driving back. Mr. Renner was driving us back from Presbytery. I pulled it up on my computer. I had some time to look at it. I was reminded about something about it at Presbytery. So I find I'm going to read through this. I highlight it. And I'm like, I can't wait to share this with the saints. And it'll be wonderful to close with. Uh, and again, uh, the victory in Christ over Satan that we see in Job. It's, it's incredible. It will be challenging not to uh, teach the whole book uh, but uh, I'm really going to just focus on a little bit. But that's, that's kind of where we're going. I want to I try to end with some real encouragement and motivation. So that's, that's where we're headed. Hang in there with me. We're rounding the bend, and I'm not sure how long it'll take, but I'm not going to give you all these books, but some helpful things from them. That being said, here's where I'd like to close. If you have your, uh, on your phone or with you, don't worry if you don't. But I'd like to read... From the shorter catechism and then from the larger catechism related to the Lord's Prayer in the sixth petition. Uh, with the larger catechism, don't worry only the sixth petition because, of course, the larger catechism is very long in its answers. But I just thought to myself, I want to remind you um, that the, the really all of the all of the confessions and catechisms, you know, in whatever version, uh, usually in the catechism part of these confessions. Uh, They pretty much all teach you the Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer. And uh, I want to remind you of that. Like, when you need help praying, always remember the Lord gave us the Lord's Prayer. And when you want help thinking through the parts, always remember the shorter and larger catechisms go through the parts of the Lord's Prayer at the end of the catechisms. And uh, I think they're a great help to us. So I'm going to read for us. I'm not going to comment. I'm just going to read for us. Uh, and trust it's helpful to close with. Shorter Catechism, 98 through 107. Of course, these are short. Um, What is prayer? And then through the Lord's Prayer. Obviously, I want to highlight number 106, which is about the sixth petition, okay? Number 98 of the Shorter Catechism, what is prayer? Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will. In the name of Christ, with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Number 99, what rule hath God given for our direction in prayer? The whole word of God is of use to direct us in prayer, but the special rule of direction is that form of prayer which Christ taught his disciples, commonly called the Lord's Prayer prayer. And now it's going to teach us through the Lord's prayer. Question 100, what doth the preface of the Lord's prayer teach us? The preface of the Lord's prayer, which is our father, which art in heaven, teacheth us to draw near to God with all holy reverence and confidence as children to a father, able and ready to help us And that we should pray with and for others. I'm going to repeat that because I think it really does close where Watson closed nicely. The preface of the Lord's Prayer, which is, Our Father which art in heaven, teacheth us to draw near to God with all holy reverence and confidence as children to a father, able and ready to help us, And that we should pray with and for others. Keep that in mind as it goes on and explains the other parts of the prayer, including the sixth petition. The sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, though we've been honing in on it for a long time, should always be understood in its context, which says it starts with, go to God. Okay? Question 101. What do we pray for in the first petition? In the first petition, which is, hallowed be thy name. We pray that God would enable us and others to glorify him in all that whereby he maketh himself known. And that he would dispose all things to his own glory. Very good, I think, another comment relating to our study tonight. Question 102. What do we pray for in the second petition? In the second petition, which is thy kingdom come, we pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed. And that the kingdom of grace may be advanced. Ourselves and others brought into it and kept in it. And that the kingdom of glory may be hastened. Question 103. What do we pray for in the third petition? In the third petition, which is, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We pray that God, by his grace, would make us able and willing to know, obey, and submit to his will in all things as the angels do in heaven. Question 104. What do we pray for in the fourth petition? In the fourth petition, which is, Give us this day our daily bread, we pray that of God's free gift we may receive a competent portion of the good things of this life and enjoy his blessing with them. Question 105. What do we pray for in the fifth petition? In the fifth petition, which is, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We pray that God, for Christ's sake, would freely pardon all our sins, which we are the rather encouraged to ask, because by his grace, we are enabled from the heart to forgive others. Question 106. This is the second to last of the catechism. It is dealing with the last petition, the sixth petition, which we've been studying with Thomas Watson all this time. What do we pray for in the sixth petition? In the sixth petition, which is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray that God would either keep us from being tempted to sin or support and deliver us when we are tempted. And then lastly, question 107 of the Shorter Catechism. What do, and this is, the, this is the end of the catechism. What doth the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer teach us? The conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, which is, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Teacheth us to take our encouragement in prayer from God only. And in our prayers to praise him, ascribing kingdom, power, and glory to him. And in testimony of our desire and assurance to be heard, we say, Amen. I want to remind you that the sixth petition is in the context of everything else around it. And I hope that really motivates and encourages, go to God. Okay, Now, I want to take you to the larger catechism. I'm not going to go through its whole commentary of the the Lord's Prayer because, of course, it's much longer. But let me remind you of this. Uh, Some of you wouldn't remember this. You were too young, and all of us can benefit from repetition. But for about four and a half years earlier in the ministry, I preached through the Westminster Larger Catechism. And uh, used scriptures. Uh, You know, I was motivated by the Dutch Reformed churches that regularly preach through the Heidelberg Catechism that is designed to go 52 Sabbaths and work you through the main things of the faith in a catechetical way. And remember Thomas Watson, his book, The Body of Divinity, is his going through the shorter catechism. He doesn't, at least the book, isn't complete, but it is sermons through the Shorter Catechism, and he has an introductory uh, message about why he thinks that's important to do. So I did go through the Larger Catechism, and the reason I'm reviewing that is it's on Sermon Audio. If you're interested, you can go and you can start to listen through the series of the Lord's Prayer through the end of the Larger Catechism. I'm not telling you to go do that or you have to do that, but if you would like to review the Larger Catechism or even just the sermon, and I usually broke up the answers because it's so much into a few sermons. But you can go and listen to our sermon through the whole larger catechism, but in particular, I'm highlighting the end of that series through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, That being said, and that's just to remind you if you'd like to make use of that. Uh, If you feel like you need help to be praying more, or you want to review more about praying the Sixth Petition, uh, you might want to make use of that. Okay. Here's what I'd like to read and then close in prayer. The Westminster Larger Catechism, question 195. What do we pray for in the sixth petition? In the sixth petition, which is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Acknowledging that the most wise, righteous, and gracious God For diverse, holy, and just ends may so order things that we may be assaulted, foiled, and for a time led captive by temptations, that Satan, the world, and the flesh are ready powerfully to draw us aside and ensnare us. And that we, even after the pardon of our sins by reason of our corruption, weakness, and want of watchfulness are not only subject to be tempted and forward to expose ourselves unto temptations but also of ourselves unable and unwilling to resist them to recover out of them and to improve them and worthy to be left under the power of them We pray that God would so overrule the world and all in it, subdue the flesh, and restrain Satan, order all things, bestow and bless all means of grace, and quicken us to watchfulness in the use of them, that we and all his people may by his providence be kept from being tempted to sin, or if tempted, that by his Spirit we may be powerfully supported and enabled to stand in the hour of temptation, or when fallen, raised again, and recovered out of it, and have a sanctified use and improvement thereof, that our sanctification and salvation may be perfected, Satan trodden under our feet, and we fully freed from sin, temptation, and all evil forever. Let's close in prayer. O Lord, Holy Spirit, for the glory of our Father and the blood of the everlasting covenant in Christ, our high priest representing us in heaven with an unceasing priesthood, we pray help us to hear the serpent's rattle before we feel its fangs. And at those times where we feel its fangs and the venom infecting us, lift us up out of the pit. Cleanse us. And set our feet upon the rock with hinds feet on high places. O Lord, we close praying together as you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Have a good evening. You are dismissed.